Martin came out in 1977, when the world was disturbed and transfixed with sequence killings. Martin might be a vampire in this film, or he could have lust killing daydreams. But everything about him is psychological. We see nothing magical. We see neuroses, clear as day. We see confusion, violence, home entry, murder, planning, daydreaming about vile, horrible, depraved things. I won't say this is some huge analogy for, for the, the heyday of serial killing, but it is an amazing movie and an amazing context and one of the most nuanced perspectives I had ever seen on a character like this. Romero gave this guy, Romero's character gave Martin every chance to get better, but he couldn't because it was in his nature. He was born, air quotes, a vampire. So he claims, but I don't think he was one. I think he identified with them because he had these resurgent, dark urges that he felt like he could never conquer. This is a character study of a sequence killer, and it's one of the best movies I've ever watched. End of story. Well said, Brian. I couldn't have I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, I literally could not have attempted to describe this movie this, any better. I wrote this in a like, manic just haze typing after the movie credits rolled it was so good i guess that's the end of the podcast thank you guys for joining because i can't fucking top that jesus christ it's it's not about it's not about (laughs) topping my friend i want to hear what you have to say about this because i know we approach these movies from different angles and i love that you love this movie so much (laughs) this is what we're talking about that's right You I mean, were just as like transfixed on the other side of the Zoom call, and I was when we were watching this together. Check out our reaction on YouTube. Mm. You have to. It was yes. one of my favorite reactions we've done yet. I can't believe an amazing experience. So tell me what was going through your head. You you looked like you loved this. I thoroughly did enjoy this movie. I will have to say. And if Mr. Kronstein, if you're listening to this, good on you for showing people the way, the light. For real, I'd never heard of this movie before. Such a, I'm a huge fan of George Romero, and yet I can't. Yeah. You know what? I feel ashamed to say that I am a fan of George <laughs> Romero because I'm like all oh, zombie movies, right? He's done more than zombie movies, mm-hmm. for for sure. But this one was a blatant slap in the face because every single moment may have felt slow at first, but it wasn't. Can't, we can't even call this a slow burn film because each and every shot was so attention gaining. It yeah. was so beautifully well shot. I don't think you could cut anything from this movie. Yeah. I don't even think you could add anything to this movie. Isn't this a movie that just lends itself to rewatching it over and over again to try I can't to piece it together? And so begin cool. to describe to you how much I want to watch this movie again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I could do it right now. In the middle of the podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Neglecting our audience. Uh, hold on for one hour and 30 minutes. 20, yeah. <laughs> neglecting our audience of 20 people. <laughs> this movie really caught me by surprise. I wasn't sure how to feel before we went into this movie. Because the only thing that I knew about it was, oh, vampire movie. That's it. I'm like, okay, that's, that, that's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. I'm not going to look into the plot or anything like that it's just that's it but i was thinking to myself who who the how 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 is that threatening i am a vampire my name is martin (laughs) i work a nine to five 
Everything is working against Romero to make this movie terrifying and amazing, and somehow he makes it disturbing. There's no jolt in the music as the vampire pops up in your window. It is depraved. It is also beautiful. There's hope in it. And then there's just absolute, like, this dissolution of all hope. It's such a great film. So when we say say vampire, we don't mean, oh, I want to suck your blood. More, yeah, I want to suck your blood, but to sexually gratify Mm -hmm. myself. Because I can't do do it like a normal person. I I like that you say it that way. Because it did have this feeling that there were some wires crossed between getting approval and attention and gratification and then this act of violence that he feels like he has to do especially the only way he can approval, be close to people approval yeah. 100% he felt so confident on talking to that radio uh, show mm-hmm. host about all the things that he was doing so fucking confident like what is wrong with you dude oh my god I just, I just connected some dots in my head when you were saying that wasn't there that amazing moment when that, that girl who he kind of becomes a temporary lover with uh-huh. she was saying oh I just love talking to you it's almost like when I have my pet who I can just talk to uh, with no end and he just sits there and listens this, this radio guy was like his pet he just loved the fact that he could blabber on and on and on and on and this guy would just sit there and eat it up even if he was being exploited it was his chance to like finally yeah. get it out there God, this I need to rewatch this. this is... I don't know. It, it, this movie really grabbed my attention. I started noticing mm-hmm. details like, oh yeah, she she totally she wants to get in, into his pants, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like normally I don't pick up on those kinds kinds of things, and, mo- and especially in movies. But it's it was so subtle, yet mm-hmm. it was there. Yeah, and. Yeah. Wow! Kudos, kudos for it's hard to do. for keeping my attention. And I do feel like there was dialogue and just the facial expressions of everybody. Like it was so limited talking, but so much was being conveyed. I enjoyed every single fucking minute of this movie. Yeah. Without a doubt, this movie was amazing, and so much so that I was like, "This has to be in my top five. Yeah. What am I? What am I getting rid of?" <laughs> What am I... This is, this is final cut talk, huh? I've got a big revelation on that, too. Yeah. Thinking yeah. back on our on our journey that we just went through <laughs> of watching Martin for the first time, how crazy is it that, like, at the beginning of the movie, I had no clue what I was getting into, and I really did think that they were gonna, going to uh, leave it entirely up in the air with no evidence if he's a vampire or not. And then we get what looks like damning evidence, but at, by the end of the movie, it's clear that you can't really trust your narrator. The narrator, in this case, being like a close third person following uh, Martin. You can't trust him. He's, he's a little bit off. He's not, he's not quite there. And his daydreams that we are seeing are probably through his mind. So they could be real, but they might not be. But either way, I love that Romero's character is the only guy who was right. Even if vampires weren't real in this world, he was the only guy who was right. Because he did identify that there is this long history of violence that can be born into people. And he saw that in this kid. And he said, we need to exercise it. Even if he had it wrong in the spiritual sense, he nailed it. Oh my god. And he knew what the only answer was. He literally staked it. it. He staked it. And we have to talk about the end. Because to him, the only answer. He said, not in my town. 
because he knew you have these urges, they will happen. Maybe he thought they were magical, and in reality they weren't. But guess what? They may as well have been magical. You the only guy who I... was right was Romero. So at the beginning of the movie, we meet this guy in complete dressed in white with a cane, and I guess this if this is a vampire movie, this, this guy must be the Van Helsing to Martin's Dracula. Hmm, yeah. So it's a very interesting way to kind of... You know, put two and two, two and two together. Just the same thing with like Donald Pleasance's character in Halloween, Doctor Loomis, yeah. and Michael Myers. You could coincide two and two together with Dracula and Van Helsing. It's so interesting to look at these archetypes and mishmash them together. But I, wow, the ending astonished me, one hundred percent. I, I was my, really worried. My I was really worried about how it was going to end. When I, I saw the marching too. band and him walking down the street, I thought it could end right here, and I would be amazed. I would uh-huh. love that. Risky yeah, ending. I would too. But then they went a step further, and I saw him in the room, and I thought, "Oh no, is he going to kill him? I don't think that's going to work." And it worked. It worked like nothing else could have worked. Him banging that stake into the kid in full view of the camera. You can see he didn't want to do it. And then at the end, after the credits, we see that he still loves him. No hand pops up out of the ground. It's done. He didn't want to do it. He had to. What an ending. The way he drove that stake into him was so (laughs) cringy. Like, the the gurgling that Mm -hmm. escaped Martin's mouth. Wow. What a way to go. Does nobody talk about this movie? How does no one talk about this? On it, we, we've been horror fans for our entire lives. We've done oh, probably nearly like eight, I don't know, like 50 or more episodes on movies if you count our old archives. How have we never encountered this film? I feel like there's I more. I am astounded. There, there, there's more to come. There's I cannot more. wait to find them. I can't wait either. Like, oh. This is why we do this stuff, you know? You, you just get these amazing gems of movies. Definitely. Sure. So, like, if this isn't a cult classic yet, we need to make it one. This is, remember, we had that wonderful guest on who was, like, he found that great indie Australian film, and he just called it his, and just started, like, waving the flag around for yeah. it, promoting it. I love that. This is ours. This is our flag. This is our, we're going to make it a cult classic, so we have to. It uh, really... seemed to reach out to you, I noticed. The, the store? The, uh, the score. Soundtrack. Oh, the score? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was... It was there. It wasn't overpowering, like yeah. most movies are, and it didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, really. I really... thought it was so well done. Yeah, and like you think the jump to dawn, which again, apparently there are different versions of dawn, and we and we watch one with a different soundtrack. But he would later do dawn, and dawn has a loud, boisterous, synth-based soundtrack. So this the people, the people not. that did dawn, uh, is from a band called goblin yeah it's yeah, called yeah. honestly i saw them play live not not actually live live but on youtube i saw i saw a live show and they they do amazing things they work on a lot of horror movies yeah. imdb so. said that uh, goblin did a re-release of this film too with the score really? so that's there, there's something to give a did, shot did goblin do this um i don't know which version we watched but what I is, do know is on IMDb it said there was a re-release with that score, but I don't know who did the actual are you talking soundtrack about or whatever. Dawn of the Dead? Or I'm talking, talking about Martin. On IMDb it says there is a re-release of Martin with Goblin doing the score. 
I don't know which one we watched, but that would be interesting to see. Okay. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. See, am I making this up? No, Italian rock group Goblin did uh, the European the, the European rescore for it. So, wow, that that's definitely want to see it. Interesting. Uh, this says the European version is completely re-edited. Martin's flashbacks are placed at the beginning, so the story is chronologically linear. I think that's a bad idea. That sounds like it would derail the movie. The way we got it in pieces was like he's remembering in these moments. Yeah, it's so nice. I, it's nice little breadcrumbs to yeah. try to figure out what's going on in his mind. And right. It keeps the viewer entertained. It keeps them on track of, of all the events that are unfolding on the, on the big screen. Yeah. If you just blow your load right away you're not gonna make the lady happy yeah, she's gonna want to watch that i don't, I don't, don't want to watch, watch that porn either <laughs> yeah okay right i guess with your analogy sure but i mean i don't want to watch 10 minutes of black and white empire stuff even if it's beautifully filmed that's not as riveting as what we just got which is living in martin's head something happens in his world and we watch what it means <laughs> to his mind what memories it takes back like that was so much more effective you okay <laughs> That fucking hurt. Oh. I felt my brain rock. Oh no. <laughs> I did. Nick just Brian. had a fatal sneeze. Brian. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Is it time to get to the guts of the film? <laughs> We're already there, buddy. We're already there. You're doing great, Nick. You're doing great. <laughs> Did we get him? We got him. <laughs> we got we him. Got, we got him, didn't we? <laughs> we got him, bud. Oh, man, I'm loving Romero. We, he's had some yeah. hits that we've watched yeah. recently. God. Alright, I, I think uh, we could talk about this movie forever. Do you want to get to the eulogy? Yeah. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. May God be with this young man's soul. May Rod Lane rest in You killed her! Didn't you, Martin? You... I don't... You try to make me believe that she committed suicide? I don't believe that one bit. Guess I, I cast you out of this mortal realm. And I'm doing it with a stake. Obviously. So... Someone get that madman out of, out of this funeral. We're trying to honor Martin. <laughs> and, he, and he's over here just damning him to a, to a hell and damnation. A fucking Get vampire. <laughs> he was my son. No, he wasn't. He's a vampire. Nosferatu. Nosferatu. You in his own bedroom. Nosferatu. <laughs> You're the killer. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bury Martin. What am I going to bury him with? A naked lady. I have to. I'm just so enamored. Like the classic PFTV L Nick. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm enamored. Bush, yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you will not. Razor. You have talked about this a lot. <laughs> I am glad. I'm glad that you cherish this. <laughs> and a razor blade. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's fitting. I I am also going to take something right from the movie. I'm going to bury him with a white cross. An amazing ending. Awesome. A tiny little gesture that happens through the credits that makes everything in this movie so much more potent. 
He loved him the whole time. He didn't want to do it, but he did. And even after death, he loved his horrible, broken, deranged family member. Wow. That's good writing. All right, voices from the other side. Well, sometimes, death is better. I can't. I, oh my God. Okay. I'm, I'm getting, getting voices, Brian. This one's from Flounder58, published July 20th, 2005. Rated it three stars out of ten. Whoa. It's obviously titled Martin. So, (laughs) I'm a huge horror fan, and for some reason, this movie just did absolutely nothing for me. 45 minutes intro the flick. uh, I guess that's a typo. 45 minutes into, not intro, into the flick, I still had no idea what the hell this movie was about. Now, I'm not stupid when it comes to films. I own over 400 and mostly horror. I am a big fan of uh, Fulci, Argento, Romero, and the likes. But I read all these other comments, I just didn't see it. It felt contrived and uninspired. Although I will watch again someday, soon, to really get the full effect. Right now, it's not my cup of tea. Although most popular for the Dead Sagas. I went into this film open-minded. A Romero vampire flick? Sounds interesting. Sounds interesting. (laughs) Once again. The character of Martin, I just couldn't figure out if he was retarded, act retarded, or just didn't know what the heck was going on. If he was a vampire and you can make your own assessment, he was just a kid who needed rock'em sock'em robots and a girlfriend and he wouldn't drink blood. Watch this movie if you like Romero, but if you're looking for a cool vampire movie, rent something else. I think I this really person... Like that comment. I do too, but I feel like this person really didn't get the gist of what this movie was about. They yeah. probably were probably looking for an actual vampire movie where it's like, oh, you know, Count Chocula and the Count are all in the castle and they're going to murder people. One and maybe a, a more d- direct horror film and not what felt like a character study into a broken mind. Mm-hmm. Like the, the emphasis wasn't who's going to die next and when. It was how much further can this kid break down until he just falls over dead. Right. Like it, it was such a different style of horror film. So I get, I totally get where he's coming from. I actually thought that was a very well-mannered review where he really was like no i love these other guys but look i don't get what you're talking about this isn't my cup of tea all right i get that respectable. Yeah, but if you're gonna it's not like this movie that's it's a good not like, way to say that you didn't all like you, it all you people are inferior and i am god okay, yeah. and my word is law <laughs> yeah so i no, am the law <laughs> as far as people uh in my opinion, kind of missing where the beauty of this film lies, that is a good way to do it because yeah. I think this just wasn't what he was looking for in a, mm-hmm. in a movie. And maybe, right. uh, maybe giving it a second shot will give him a chance to see why it resonated with some people. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of film, which is one guy can say, I didn't like it, and then someone can say, this is one of my favorite horror films I've ever watched. So, there's that. The most that I got out of this was Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I liked that a lot. I, I do like, I, it is missing the idea that there are unstoppable urges that keep resurging, but I do like Idle the hands, idea that that's baby. the answer. Idle hands. <laughs> so, it, it's like, remember remember the fedora that cures all afflictions, right? It, it's the same thing, our reaction yeah. to Dawn and, 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 this. A, and a nice candy. Yes, a nice candy. This is how these things go. Okay. So, uh, unfortunately, by the time this film was finally reviewed by the Ebert crew, Ebert was no longer with us. However, when he died, he did give his website and his and his reviewing enterprise over to a bunch of young and and eager movie reviewers. So they now write for his website in a, eager, in a very amazing legacy. Eager Ebert. Ebert, yeah, e- e- Ebert. Egert. Oh, that's a hard, that's a hard joke to make phonetically. Okay, uh, one of those reviewers is is Peter Subzinski. So he wrote in in Ebert's wake. He said, uh, and keep in mind, there's no real review of Martin. This isn't a wrap up on Ray Romero upon his death. In his next film, Martin, 1978, uh, uh, right. his next film, Martin, in 1978, would prove to be his second masterpiece and Romero would often declare it to be his favorite of his films. In it, he managed to breathe new life into one of the most familiar of horror tropes, the vampire story, with a tale of a young man named Martin who claims to be both 84 years old and a genuine vampire. Totally a Tinder <laughs> description. <laughs> 84 and genuine vampire. He looks only to be about 18, but he does have visions, if real, which suggest a vampiric past. And he definitely does drink blood, that is true, which he acquires by drugging his victim and slitting their wrist with a razor. From its hypnotic opening sequence to its audacious finale, Romero brilliantly explores the gulf between delusion and reality in the mind of an obviously disturbed young man that is both terrifying and oddly touching. I think that's a great little write-up. That's all that this guy writes on, on the movie, and I cannot find many critical reviews of this film at all. This one does seem to capture the the point of this film, which is this constant battle between between delusion and reality. Uh, I just love it. That, that's great. That's yeah, great. For sure. Uh, oh, and one final sentence that I like. He says, Although not a hit, it did become a cult classic among Romero fans, and Romero was sufficiently invigorated by the experience to do what he had been avoiding for a long time, to return to the zombie genre that he helped create. Apparently, doing this movie energized him to put out Dawn, which is my favorite of his zombie trilogy. So, very cool. And I think that's all I've got. Any any uh, reaction to Sibzinski? No, I think... It's time. It's time. Final cut. Yeah. Let's see where this movie stacks up. Final cut. Okay, so this is the moment in time we have all been waiting for. How do I feel about Martin? I mean, I've been gushing about this this whole podcast. I have to give it nine razor slashes out of ten. Wow. It is so fucking good. 
I loved every single moment. I loved it made me cringe and and disgust. It made me feel certain ways about the main character. It made me root for him. It made me feel sad. It also made me hate him in a Mm. way because he's killing people, obviously. But the movie was so beautifully shot. The soundtrack isn't overbearing. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's a nice addition. George Romero does an amazing job. I really wish there was a little bit more to do with Tom Savini's character. He doesn't really do much. He's just there to be there, which is kind of disappointing. Because uh, you want more Savini. <laughs> well, Savini not just because fan. I want not just because I want more Savini, but he like there's nothing it much. It seemed to... like a kind of underexplored subplot. Yeah. Yeah. With, with I the felt like between the two. I felt like you know there was a whole discussion between the girl and Martin. I forget her name. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like, I don't like Victor or whatever his name is. He makes you yeah. feel bad." And it would be nice to see. Oh, this guy's actually an abusive douchebag, and he gets his up sure. and up and comings, but. I think everything would be unraveled at that point. Right. Uh, so I guess that's like one thing that I would probably change is a little bit more character development for Savini's character. He just just felt out of place in this movie. Sorry, Savini, I love you. Anyways, uh, <laughs> he's not listening, but still, in, in spirit, I love you. Uh, so yeah, 9 out of 10... Where would I put this movie? This movie's going directly to uh, number two in, in my favorite nice. horror movie spot. So where was... So that means your, your top five now reads The Thing, Martin, American Werewolf in London, Black Christmas, and then Scream. Yes. All right. Wow. You know what? I, I want to update our top fives every episode, even if they stay the same. That that might be a fun thing to keep I think going, we so could, I'm going to start doing that. I think we could go past five and just go down a list. And then sure. when we hit when we hit a certain point, we'll go, which movies do we hate? Oh, interesting. Like, these are yeah. bottom of the barrel. That could be good. Yeah. All right. So, for me... All right, personally, awesome. We just, we just watched movie history being made. Podcast on the Black Lagoon history being made. The top five has been disturbed. Martin is now your second favorite horror film of all time. That's a big deal. All right, uh, for me, this is a very easy rating. This film is 10 out of 10. It was fundamentally perfect. It was actually beautiful. Yeah, it, it was. It was actually astonishingly well filmed. Like, I, I did not expect that level of, of mastery of filming. That was really astonishing to watch uh and then it was subjectively brilliant which is important and it's just the height of what i think horror can be it can be look all right think about it this way you had the punk scene it was great a bunch of angry teens coming around yelling at stuff it was great and then we got post-punk when loads of artists got it and it was big and weird and crazy this is post-punk horror and then this we is- got and then we got pop punk <laughs> yeah we don't talk about pop <laughs> we don't talk about pop. Dead Kennedys are as pop punk as I as I think the world should have ever should ever get. All right, no, they're great. I love. Them. All right, uh, this this is that this is that 
It is the crazy. What can we do with the remnants of the Orjon to reassemble them okay. in crazy new ways? This is a drama, character study, analogy, beautiful thing. I, I don't. Need, it may be a horror in in some gradation, but it's more than that too. This I, is an easy ten out of ten. You're killing me here. I need Go. to know. Where on the list are you going to put this, Brian? Well, like Martin, I believe that this has to operate on tension. Tension. My list now reads... The Thing. Martin. Alien. Hereditary. The Witch. Okay. This, you and I both made this our second favorite this... horror movie of all time. This overtook... Alien. It did. This beat Alien, one of my favorite horror films ever. It did it. History is being made, and my phone is ringing because the, the viewers just can't handle it. They're contacting me saying, Brian, are you sure you've talked about Alien to death for years? This is it. This beat Alien. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry that caught me off guard because you just... You just referenced an old ass joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh fuck. That hurt my what vocal cords. Yeah, that looked very painful. <laughs> that did. Um, well, uh, this was an amazing recording session. Please watch our reaction. We watch us in real time discover that we just stumbled upon one of our favorite horror movies ever. Please go watch it. It, it was a, an absolute yeah, blast. Definitely. I cannot thank our patron enough. Uh, for recommending this movie. It's not every day that you get a recommendation that hits home that much, but this was uh, really a great film. So All of our links will be left in the description, so you guys don't have to have any trouble finding them whatsoever. Yeah. We're trying to make it all ac accessible, easy access. It's just the way I like it. And uh, Yikes. Yeah. Thank you. So, Stay yeah. tuned for the next episode. Get on the YouTube reaction train. We are having a blast over there. Uh, and we'll see you next time. See ya.